Um, yeah, welcome to the Worst Gen podcast. This call will be recorded for uh, what they be saying <laughs> for quality, <laughs> for quality, for quality <laughs> purposes. Yeah. So <laughs> anything you say can it will be used against you. Wait, I'm sorry, that's it. What's up, Supernovas, and welcome back to the Worst Generation Podcast. I'm your host, GB, and we're coming to y'all with another episode from Season 2 today. Today, we're going to be talking about anime cousins and them. I have to add the end them, because apparently niggas from Chicago do not know cousins and them. You have to have the end for some reason. Uh, I don't get that, but here y'all go. But during the episode, y'all may hear me say anime cousins and them, because we don't say end. Uh... Getting into it, before we really get into the topic, of course, I want to introduce my fabulous, my trusty, my honorable crew that I have with me today. Uh, they was all late getting to the episode, so, um, you know, I want them to feel bad about that because it hurt my feelings. I don't like getting stood up. And let's see, who going to go first? Who going to go first? Who going to go first? It's going to be Cuzzo. Yo, 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 what's good, Supernovas? Get that season two hype going, gang, gang, gang. It's your fave's fave, the middle child, the anime hype beast. And on Sundays, known as the Deacon Slayer. Shout to Panda, by the way. Spreading the gospel that is worse than pod. It's me, that boy, Frankie, hitting y'all with that super. And still representing for the casual anime fan, what's good, pod? You got a teleprompter? How you mean? <laughs> Yo, shit, if you coming in like, <laughs> I just feel like you got like a teleprompter, you got some notes, or you got epithets now. Your shit really upgrading. <laughs> no, I mean, I ain't gonna lie, I did practice that shit uh, when I came up with it like a couple of times. I was like, nah, that don't sound right. Let me go oh, back to the drawing board. We put the emphasis on this word and shit. So, yeah. I can see the quality is there. Like, your, your practice is really showing out. I don't know. Uh, I, I forget which clothing line, which sports line it was, but like what you do in the dark show in the light. It's the light right now, brother. And I see you. <laughs> hey, see I appreciate you, Cuzzo. Yeah. Next up is uh is one of my favorite uh, crewmates, but we don't often get him on the pods as much as we would like to. He half of the JoJo witnesses. And, uh, you know, I ain't going to say the rest of this stuff because I don't know if he got hella epithets like Cuzzo be coming up with. But uh, my man Carlito. What's good, people? I don't have hella epithets, but also I was not late. Just want to throw that out there. But what's good, people? It's Carlito, a.k.a. Lito, a.k.a. the token One Piece hater. Because that shit is kind of mid, but y'all don't want to admit it. Good to be back. Cap! Did you say admit it? I said admit it. Oh, okay. As in, y'all don't want to admit that One Piece is okay. With great moments. No, I, I thought, I thought you, know, you we are. and I thought you slurred it and added an extra mid in there, and I was like, "Oh, that was." That, that was would have been fire, and let's just say that I did do that. Okay, well, which oh, is, I'm not giving you that, bro. No, nah, GB piece just like GB just produced me on the One Piece lander, so I fuck with you. Thank <laughs> I fuck you. with you. Producer uh, credits. And not, last but not least, the uh, 
the the unofficial but the official first made of the pod, the Twitter manager, One Piece Leak. Yo, yo, what's good? It's One Piece Leak, aka Mr. Run My Fade. Appreciate everybody for fucking with the first official One My Fade tournament where Nin was voted as the favorite overall anime power system. Appreciate that. Appreciate everybody for voting. Fuck with the new Get Panda the Ox uh, tournament that will be live by the time you hear this episode. So appreciate them votes. Uh, yeah, man. Thank you for everybody that's been interacting with the page in general and interacting with the pod. Uh, we fuck with y'all. We really appreciate all the support that y'all give us. Uh, speaking of support, double shout out to our patrons uh, that are listening to this episode right now. Um, you know, we really appreciate your support. I'm finishing up finalizing everything for the <clears throat> those gifts that will be coming out to you, the second phase of gifts, on top of the full version of the anime guide. So uh, just give me a little bit more patience, and I'll have those out to you guys as soon as possible. Uh, speaking about the anime guide, shout out to everyone that's downloaded the anime guide up until this point. We've had a nice amount of downloads. Uh, I want to keep encouraging anyone that hasn't had the opportunity to download it, or if you happen to be listening to this episode and it's your first time hearing about it, go get the official anime and manga guide uh, from the Worst Gen crew. It has over 100 plus anime and manga series in it. Uh, lots of helpful information is packed up in there. Good information about the podcast crew. Uh, it's nine of us, so you won't get us all on every episode, but you can learn about us in the guide. Just good shit all around. <clears throat> if you need access to the guide, you can find it on any link that's attached to any worst generation podcast uh, media. But the most easy place that you might find it will probably be on Twitter, where you'll run into leak, and you'll be able to vote for the next tournament, the Give Panda the Ox tournament, which is... Uh, happening right now at this moment as you listen to this episode. Uh, and I think that's it for updates. Can, oh. can I just say that that guy is fire and y'all missing out if y'all don't download that joint? Like, definitely become a patron, like, for real, for real, and get hella access to all that dope-ass content that niggas really put they all into? Because that shit cold, bro. It is, it is. And, um, and I thought about people that, like, because we are in the middle of the pandemic, uh, I thought about people that might not, you know, have the extra money to spare right now during this shit. So uh, if the budget is tight, we've also made a free version. So that link will also take you to your opportunity to get the free version, which is a smaller guide, admittedly, but um, it's still free. And it has a lot of good information in there as well. Uh, so you telling me that Worst Gen? Of- no, you telling me Worst Gen care about the people, G? Worst Gen does care about the people. Wow. We love the people. Who else doing that for you, G? Yeah. Who else doing that for y'all? We can't. I don't know who else doing that for them, but Where's I know care about, about the people. people. They, try, they try to label us as, you know, we just assholes and we just be talking shit all the time. And if you let uh, certain people tell our story through their eyes, you might feel a certain way about us. But we definitely be out here trying to uh, do what we can for everybody, for all our supernovas and anyone that just happens to give us their ear for a couple minutes. So, man, yeah, we love y'all. Uh, was you was you gonna say something, Cuzzo? You had you had a uh, another- yeah yeah. I was gonna say like uh, the guide's hella thick, but like the the free version it's a little scaled down. And so if you feel overwhelmed, I would definitely start with that. Or if you don't think you want to get that, like that has so much has enough content to keep you busy. And I think it'll make you want to actually get the paid version later on when you like get your weight up a little bit, so to speak. Um, so definitely pick up just pick up the free version at the very least. Um, it'll help you. And expose you to so many, so much more new content in the anime and manga space that there is to offer. I actually put the secretary on the free version, and uh, 
I think she's found like one or two series that she's testing out right now. So um, she's kind of like my guinea pig to see for beginners who really have like no, uh, no type of exposure into the anime and manga world outside of like maybe a significant other or some, you know, some secondary exposure to see how it works for them. So she's found it helpful in the sense that um, she's definitely checked out an independent creator or two that has appealed to her. And then she's looked at a few of the series and I think she's found like maybe one or two that she plans on watching uh, more than two or three episodes. Cause you know how that be, you may watch like five and be like, this series is mid, it ain't happening. Um, yeah, let's get into it. So uh, as we've been doing with our episodes in season two, we've been starting off the episode with a slight friendly debate uh, called yay or nay. For today, the yay or nay is going to be between uh, that boy Frankie or Cuzzo, yo, 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 as I affectionately call him. And uh, on the other side of the ring will be Carlito, or Lido, as I affectionately call him. Gang and them. Gang and them. Uh, <clears throat> and the topic, so, uh, oh, which one of you wants to be able to choose what side they're on? You got it, Lido. I'm a, yeah, I'm going to do a randomizer. Hold on. Met. Uh, you got it, Lido. <laughs> uh, so. Met. The topic is, uh, since we are talking about Cousins now, uh, I want to talk about one of the favorite anime inspired shows or a crowd favorite, which is going to be the Avatar series. So I'm going to let you use both uh, Core and Avatar The Last Airbender to your discretion in this debate. Can I slander Core? Uh, you can choose to slander Core, uh, depending on what side of the topic that you pick. Uh, okay, the cool. topic is going to be fights. And it's mm. series had the better fight. So that's like anime sequences. Uh, you can point to like the plot or the build up to the fight. You can point to uh, the resolve, the fight, the emotional impact, whatever you want to use. But who had the better fights? Okay. For uh, sure. Since you got the, the coin toss, which side do you want to take? Um, You know what? Since I'm a, I'm, I am the Avatar, the last airbender stand. Um, I know that shit front to back. I'm going to go ahead and, and fuck with that. All right. Um, Cuzzo, I guess that means you're going to go first. Lito, you get a rebuttal and a, and a point make. And then Cuzzo, you get another rebuttal. And then Leak, you get final comment. I mean, Lito, bet. final comment. Not Leak. <laughs> this nigga talking about bet. I'm going to give a comment. Yeah. Leak was ready, though. That's fucking you up. Leak was ready. Um, basically, Naruto just has better fight scenes because it has the range of everything you want to see. It's got just straight hands between Obito um, and Kakashi in the fourth great ninja war. It's got the the Megazord fights with Susano and uh, you know um, Hashirama fighting with the uh, the Golem wooden thing, and it just has like all the all the shit in between, all the minutia. And even even in part one, the um, what's it called? The water, the, the land of waves arc. My bad, land of waves arc. Like that was. That that shit that was so just intense, and you, you just felt the anxious nervousness of I don't know what's gonna happen next. They got this nigga Kakashi in a little ball of water holding him, and Zabuza's going ham, and then you got Naruto and uh and Sasuke like you know actually leveling up and showing there some badass motherfuckers. Um, I just don't think that Korra or Avatar for that matter has that type of like depth to their profile. Uh. I am choosing to throw the sensei special cap emoji at you. Um, just <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for the simple fact that 
if you want to talk about you want to talk about big battles, big mech battles or whatever the fuck you said, like you got season two of Korra when you have the Dark Avatar fought like big spirit Korra. That's huge. Yeah, like, that was kind of defining mother, big nigga. It w- hey, I didn't say it was good. I just said that it happened. So hey, it's Lido time. So that happened. You want to talk about like um, really like hand to hand, like one of the best fights in the entire Avatar series, both The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra, was the Agni Kai um, at the end of Avatar: The Last Airbender between Zuko and um, and the sister Azula. Like you want to talk about hand to hand, like them niggas was scrapping. G, that shit was fucking fire, literally. Um, then you want to talk about just kind of like those moments where everything kind of like mattered. You had you said you like mentioned the Zabuza fight with with Sasuke and Naruto was down and out trying to fuck with Haku, but then you had like uh, Kakashi was going crazy. Like I agree that shit was cold, but you also had that uh, in av- both Avatar: The Last Airbender and in Korra, Korra with the uh, Amon joint at the uh, near the end when he took away his bending, like everybody was down and out. She was going hand to hand. You had uh, Maki and Bolin was trying to do their best to like keep everything together, uh, fucking up the little warehouse joint where everything was at. And you then gotta, in the last, you got to wrap up your points. So. so I got you, I got you. So and then in the last Airbender, you had the same thing happening um, when you had. Uh, uh, Aang and Azula was fighting in the caverns, and then Zuko had that like life changing moment. Like I, I think that the fights in Avatar were more defining for the characters, uh, and it was less spectacle, but l- a lot more defining to the characters and to the overall story. I don't, I don't agree with the defining to the characters part, simply because we had big moments in, especially in uh, regular Naruto, when like the um, the tuning exams. Those were some big moments for those characters when, like, Sasuke decides I'm not going to use um, Homeboy's, like, little curse mark. I'm not going to use that shit. Yeah, I forgot his name, but so what? Um, and then you have, like, the whole Rock Lee, like, little saga. Like, that was, like, come on, bro. But just from the simple point for just Naruto in general, you have regular Taijutsu, you have Ninjutsu, and you have Genjutsu. And they're all rooted in different things. And I think... Um, where Naruto can outclass and does outclass Avatar is like the Genjutsu aspect because even in the spirit world fights, like they're not, they're still like a physical fight, if you will. And they're not like, it's not like a, um, uh, like, you know, like magicians trying to one up each other. Whereas like a Genjutsu fight you saw with Sasuke and his brother Itachi, where like, I was like, oh, no, I got you. No, I got you. And it's just like, yo, I'm pulling reps out the hat left and right. And Sasuke's like, well, I got all these magic cards popping out the air. Um, like, I don't think that Avatar like, can compete with that level. Um, No, I, I think, especially with the Genjutsu, you... It's, okay, first, let me get into Chakra. We all know that's that's just stopped being a thing. Like, it was not grounded by the time Shippuden came around. around. So, like, Chakra literally became you were able to do anything with chakra after a while like motherfuckers had infinite chakra to like create fucking uh super like super girl logging ass level shits which was ridiculous <laughs> um but as far as with the genjutsu i don't because none of that actually happened in real time i don't think that it really had the same effect that it does that the characters in avatar had uh you talk about character divining moments you had when Aang 
was on Fireband in book one, and he burnt Katara. He decided, I'm never going to Fireband. That literally created a block that kept him from being like a full-fledged and like fully realized Avatar until the final book when Helm and Zuko had to go learn Firebending from uh, the, the dragons, and they both had to use that in order to defeat the Fire Lord. You know what I'm saying? So it was like those that character arc went literally from the beginning to the end of the show um and it was a big plot point around him becoming comfortable using firebending same thing with earthbending like my man's literally was having very like a hard time earthbending until he had to like figure out how to make it work for himself within his style and incorporating his like airbender wisdom and things like that so so definitely way less spectacle in Avatar, that last airbender, and I think the power system as far as chakra, uh, not chakra, the, the bending system never didn't make sense. Like, we always knew, even with the Avatar in the Avatar state, they could do crazy, unimaginable things, but it always was grounded in the rules of bending. Metal bending, they, like, that shit was unheard of, but then they even made that shit make sense because it was like, metal's just an extension of Earth. You know what I'm saying? Like, chakra did not do that. So I think as far as how the the power systems interact with the characters themselves, Avatar: The Last Airbender definitely has a, a leg up on that. Yeah, but we're talking about fights, bro, and just no, like that's a big part of the spectacle. Fight. It's just four. It's just it's just two a piece. It's just two a piece. Just two a piece. <laughs> uh, at this point, I want to go ahead and do a vote. Oh damn, I can't even do a vote because we got uneven it's, people. Man, it's it's just us. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, somebody call Panda right quick. <laughs> I'm, oh, we, I'm we, could, we could save it to vote for when the episode airs and have people give their opinion. I, on yeah, it. do it. Rub my fate on the joint. Oh, that's interesting. Like, way to uh, tie together multiple uh, worst generation podcast contents. I like that. Pro- Leak producing niggas to this day. I fuck with you, bro. Yeah, man. I just, I just want chat. a producer credit every now and then. You know? Yeah, cut Leak the chat. All right. Well, uh, we'll leave that on the cliffhanger. I do like the points that both of you made, though. Uh, I, I <clears throat> one is fuck chakra because chakra really got my host up like it was gonna be the, the <laughs> one of the most interesting power systems I think I ever read or watched. Um, because as everyone knows, I didn't really watch Naruto until I was an adult, so I, I had big expectations for chakra when they first explained it, and then it definitely became some Gurren Lagan, Garan Lagan, Dragon Ball Z shit. I tried um, to spare, bro. I really did. But you have to take nah, it. No, no, no. It's unsparable, no, though. Bro, that because he doubled down, so that shit can never be spared. <laughs> oh, he doubled down? Yeah. No, nah, he okay. tripled down. That's that's how the audio Triple. got exposed. And it was his podcast, you remember? Because we was on Gloves oh, yeah, Off. Um, yeah, you and right, that's when you, right, you, right. you pulled the phone up on live stream and exposed, bro, on live TV. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> man. I'm sorry, Aaron. Not really, though. <laughs> no, nah, don't say sorry, bro. Stand on um, your own. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, DZ level. So that, that was really hurtful. Um, the reason I, I put these two series together is because I think Avatar, the Avatar series as a whole, both Korra and Avatar The Last Airbender, is a show you can look at and see the direct ties and inspiration that it drew from anime. Um, and like many shows that came along after kind of the, the rise and the popularity of anime and Western culture, uh, they take some some elements that we really didn't get from animations in the West, such as like the fluid <clears throat> the fluid animations and fight sequences, uh, the way that they tie in the spirituality and how the power systems have uh, kind of a cohesion that works in the world. 
So these were new elements that were introduced. And for the uninitiated, I think many people could probably look at Avatar Last Airbender and be like, oh, that's one of those anime things they be watching with niggas be running with their hands behind their back. So uh, <laughs> great debate, fellas. Make sure y'all check out the Run My Fade. Uh, and let's get into the episode. So like I said earlier, we're talking about cousins and them. Um, to open up the episode, I really want to talk about kind of what is anime, what isn't anime first, and then get you guys take on where you stand. Like, is the definition kind of like set in stone for you, or do you kind of give things some leeway? Uh, and do you have like experience with thinking something was anime and later finding out it wasn't? So, uh, first, <clears throat> as many people know, uh, anime is a uh, is a is an art form, so to speak. And it speaks about animation that is uh, comes from Japan, from the area of Japan, and that those works that come out of Japan are dubbed anime. What you find in 2020 is that people will see things that just kind of have that aesthetic. Other shows that have pulled from uh, techniques and the styles that have made anime popular, and they've copied that aesthetic, and they've also been dubbed anime, so to speak, but by the traditional definition, they are not anime. Uh, one such place that you see this, uh, for example, may have been on Cartoon Network earlier in the in the 2000s, where you had like Teen Titans, and you had the Samurai Jack, and you had shows like that that were coming out that had uh, the fight scenes and those those kind of smooth, buttery animations that were happening, uh, the way that they pull from uh, old lore and stories that were from uh, Japanese culture. You see those kind of rising up in Western culture, and they have that anime vibe and feel that feels like home, but they're not. They're produced by... Uh, studios that are either in America or someplace other than Japan and the the creators and those people are also not from Japan. So to get into the conversation, um, one, do you guys kind of go with the definition that anime is only things that are from Japan or is it kind of a little bit more gray area for you? And then two, the second thing I want you to answer is uh, explain what that gray area looks like to you if it is a gray area. I think if it looks like anime, I'm gonna call it anime, and yeah, it might not technically be anime, but like, for example, Castlevania. When we were sitting down, uh, talking about this episode, you brought up Cuzzo. You said, "Yeah, Castlevania was, is, could be on this," and I was like, "That's not anime." You're like, "No, nah, it's not." And so, to me, in my in my mind, Castlevania is hella anime. And it might not really be it, but to me, that's anime. Whereas something like, um, like to me, Avatar. It doesn't look quite like anime, but it has those elements in it. So, like, it's hard for me to consider that. But, like, Castlevania has that, like, really, like, high-quality graphics, if you will. Um, but for, on, a, on a flip side, for me, like, even though Pokemon is technically anime, like, from my childhood, what I remember seeing, like, it doesn't have the same quality that other anime that I watch have. And in a lot of instances, it's harder for me to consider Pokemon anime. And, like, I probably didn't consider it anime until I was an adult, honestly. Castlevania, and I'm going to go on record, I do call Castlevania anime. Um, for the sake of this pod, I'm giving you like the definition, but I definitely do. Right. Uh, I exist in the gray area of what is anime and what isn't. I look at Castlevania, I'm calling that shit an anime. It, just because it's not from Japan, it can be from anywhere. If it fits the aesthetic and the style and it vibes, um, I'm inclusive in that way where it's, kind of, it's an anime to me, even though I know the difference. Uh, Castlevania was also one of the rare... Netflix animes that didn't, I feel like, overdo it with the 
<clears throat> the CGI aspect of the animation they were creating. Uh, and so I really kind of put it on a higher tier. There are other shows out there that just have way too much CGI in it for me. And it kind of like takes away from the experience. Um, for me, I think that I, tr- I when I call something anime, I tend to go strictly by the definition of is it from Japan? Um, even though there are things that give that anime feel, I'll cons- I'll group them in with anime, but I won't directly call them anime. And like my prime example was gonna be Castlevania because Castlevania aesthetically feels like an anime. Like it could, it feels like it could be written as a manga when in fact the shit was I think a video game first. So yes, it was. That was kind of weird. Uh, but everybody in the anime community pretty much went to watch it when it dropped. Like it was a new anime, which is just to speak on how good it is. Um, I feel like a lot of times when we consider anime deals a lot with quality as far as animation and how good the writing is. Um, But for me, it all comes down to, is it from Japan? At first it used to be for me, well, does it have a manga? Cause I consider like, if it didn't come from manga, then how does it anime? Then you find out that some of your favorite anime have no manga at all. So it's like, okay, well you can't really use that definition, but, um, I'm not super strict on it, but when I actually like label something anime, I always make sure it is from J- Japan, unless in the sense of like a God of High School or a Tower of God, it's an anime adaptation from like a webtoon because I believe they're manhwa, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, um, so yeah, like stuff like that have anime adaptations. So they became anime, but didn't start off as anime. So that's how I really look at it. Yeah, that's actually a great point, Lee, because I was gonna bring that up too. Um, just just off of the fact that you got Korean artists who are stylistically very close to how manga and anime are adapted. So, like you said, Tower God got a high school. Like, should we consider that anime? I definitely think so. But then I don't look like, I don't look at a Avatar as an anime because that is very much so American. You know what I'm saying? Uh. I think what I used to do, and I've become way more just kind of like, man, really don't matter anymore. But what I used to do was not just look at like the studio. Did it come from Japan? Did it come from like that, like that region of the world in general? Um, but really, just um, was it was it what language was it originally produced in? You know what I'm saying? So I look at uh, something like Cannon Busters, for example. Like that was a uh, American audience, well, American creator for Cannon Busters, but then it was like produced in Japan, so it is an anime for sure, but with a English author and things like that. Um, mm. So I think that the nuance around what is and what is not anime has definitely evolved over the years, especially considering in like the late nineties, early two thousands, we really didn't, other than Samurai Jack, right? We didn't have American cartoons that followed a narrative like all anime do you feel me so like we wasn't watching we wasn't watching powerpuff girls for a narrative we wasn't watching dexter's lab for a narrative but then you started having things like avatar things like samurai jack but toonami was already airing anime that followed that narrative so you kind of saw that i won't say it copied but it definitely was influenced by anime and now we we have tons of things like Seis Manos, for example. That's Latinx as fuck, but it's drawn like an anime. And then yeah. you also have shows like The Boondocks, which is 
artistically anime but definitely don't follow the narrative like anime does so it's a lot of nuance around it that i think um back a couple of like some decades ago maybe 10 20 years ago uh you would be a lot more strict about what would be considered anime and not considered anime and today it's just kind of like it looked like it's the it's the it looked like a duck walk like a duck quack like a duck it's a duck like that's kind of how i feel about anime now I um I think it's an interesting point that Lee brought up how his his definition has evolved where he went from it's an anime if it has a manga to um you know the region where it's from the region of the world where it's from uh my definition evolved I used to be like Leek in the sense uh if it had a manga then it's an anime was kind of where I stood with it and uh then I kind of really heavily evolved into the it's got to be from Japan. Like I became the snob of it. And then maybe right around the time, maybe slightly before we started the podcast, I kind of evolved into a accepting anime like things into the conversation. Uh, Cause a, the, the snobby, the snobby conversations I was having wasn't really giving me, getting me anywhere. I wasn't having the conversations with people that I wanted to have. And then B uh, just on the other side of that coin, the people that I was talking to that were having the conversations I wanted to have, they hadn't seen deep into the anime uh, library that I've seen, but they knew titles like Samurai Jack and Teen Titans and Avatar The Last Airbender and uh, Batman Beyond, things that they thought were produced uh, by Japanese artists and studios in Japan uh, in that way. So I think that's when I kind of like start to really change how I viewed what I consider anime and conversation but i think still when i sit down and i look at it in my mind like i process it that this is not a true anime but i use i just use anime as a more general term like as a as a overall describer like g you might not really be my g but i might still call you g like g that's valid i like that so, um, yeah, I, I feel like that's a very valid point that Lee brought up on how it evolves. Uh, let me ask you guys about kind of the, the gray area and how those things operate. So when you're looking at those titles and series that fall within your gray area or, you know, on the other side of that of that uh, of that line of what anime is or isn't to you um, and people are considering those anime, how do you guys go about, like, dealing with those situations? Are you constantly, like, correcting people, like, oh, that's not an anime, or... Because uh, with the com- community the way it is today, it's it's a little bit more diverse than it was in the past, so um, is it worth your time to correct people constantly, or do you just, like, keep score in your head and not really out loud? I don't think we get anywhere by correcting people constantly anymore. Like, that that within itself is gatekeeping. Like, you know what I'm saying? Ah, well, actually, it's not an anime that's produced by blah, blah, blah. Like, shut the fuck up, nigga. Let people enjoy things. Um, So, I, I I used to be a snob. I ain't gonna lie to you. I really did used to be a snob, and I was definitely on that. But now I'm just like, hey, I fuck with that shit, too. Um, And, and sometimes people be like, damn, like, that's an American joint? Is that anime? And then you if they open it up for that conversation but just to flat out deny them their <laughs> deny them their joy and things that they like i don't think that's worth it i feel like it kind of comes down to how we talked about it on the gatekeeping episode um it's a way you can say that's not anime without you know being 
condescending or uppity or looking down your nose, but it depends on the context in which they're calling it, talking about whatever the show is. Cause like if they're talking about it and like, uh, I'm giving you facts about this, this is this, da, 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 then you might, I might want to correct them. Cause like, well, you're spewing false information. Now, if it's just a general statement like them saying, like, oh, this anime is it, it's like, yeah, it's really like, it's, you know, it's at stuff like that. I'd kind of be like, it's not an anime, but yeah, it is really good. Or yeah, it is like that. Da, da, da. And then I feel like if you approach them like that, you're more prone to have a conversation that's more civil and not us going back and forth, if that makes sense. Yeah, because motherfuckers will get on the defensive when they feel like you coming at they, they knowledge, they intellect, they're like, what they know, cause you it's it's damn like you telling them like you ain't no real fan, bro. Or that's how people perceive it when you correct folks. Uh, Toledo's earlier point about him being a, a snob. Um, I really just think it should like it, you know what the fuck I'm I'm saying. You know what I'm talking about. You know why I'm talking about it. You know we both like anime, so yeah, this might not be a real anime, but you still know what I'm talking about, and it still kind of follows that same. A storyline that uh, Lita was talking about. So, like, shut up. I'm using it as a blanket statement. You know, I'm not being technical with it. Like, can we have this conversation or not? If we can't, like, all right, I'm going to go find somebody else that's willing to talk to me about this anime that I want to talk about. Because oh, you definitely got the uh, the snob personality in you. So, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you didn't upset a couple people during conversations and shit. And probably not even intentional because, like, just when you when you get passionate about shit sometimes, like you'll just know all the facts and all the intertwinings and you wanting to just educate people and tell them the facts and the details about something, the way you say it sometimes will just come off like, you stupid as shit, fam. And I'm going to tell you why right here. And I feel like, yeah, you will upset a couple people. And like Lito said, you really don't get nowhere with that shit in 2020. You probably just get canceled or they tell you that you don't love black people or some shit like that if you say it to the wrong person um <laughs> that's a fact so hey bro i had, a I, fact, had to, bro. Uh, I was my mic so i was laughing so hard bro no nah, go ahead and laugh this is the pod man like no nah, it was it should be crazy like this should be wild because like I, I was looking at um and I'm, I'm not gonna drop names and shit on here because they in the community but i was looking at a conversation on my timeline today where um they're talking about a series. The series is uh, Attack on Titan. They're talking about Attack on Titan. And then the person is clearly like stating their facts towards Attack on Titan. And somehow the conversation just goes left and it becomes like, well, you're being racist and stinky. And I'm like, how did, like, how, how the fuck did we get? Like, this person is just literally saying, I don't fuck with those parts of Attack on Titan. And I don't think that that shit is peak fiction. But now I'm racist and stinky for like disagreeing with you because the the person's point that they was trying to make was um the relationship between the oppression of the people in the walls and like black people i wasn't really seeing what they was getting to either um but this person was just like they had time to have that conversation so reading that shit on my timeline i was just like okay like they didn't agree with your hot take about black people basically being the equivalence of um, the the people inside the wall, but all of a sudden, because they don't agree with your your hot take or your mid take, they just racist and stinky. I, That's I, I, weird. That's weird on behavior. 
yeah, conversation be goofy as hell on the timeline. I, I struggle one- to. <laughs> I'm sorry, G. There's one black character all of Attack on Titan. What are they talking about? And then the it, it's an obvious war like World War Two, like manga. Like it's the influences for World War Two, and like the Eldians are Jewish, and like the Marlians are. Ju- now, anyways, we talking about anime cutting. Right, bro. So you would have got on there. You would have got on there and spit facts, and you too would have been racist and stinky. I just want that's, you to know. That's fine. <laughs> Big facts. Um, so <laughs> in this moment, I have to once again thanks Leek, uh, thank Leek for being my uh, my Twitter liaison and ambassador to to the entire world. And without him, I do not know if the podcast will have a Twitter page because I just be I be needing breaks from that shit. Um, so thank you. Again, Lee, producer. Shit is very tiring at sometimes. Like it's a lot of shit that I'll be wanting to say, but I'm like, nah, I'm gonna leave that shit alone. Hey, let me get that joint for a day. I'll burn Twitter to the ground, bro. You absolutely cannot have the <laughs> Don't get one thing canceled. Right. Not on the pod page, bro. What the fuck? Right. <laughs> nah, I'd be civil as hell. You you I'd be civil as hell. You'd be surprised. I won't. Speaking of the pod speaking of the pod page, uh I do like the fact that you uh been posting the thousand year blood war manga spreads on the uh timeline. Uh good shit that you sharing what you're reading. Uh I'm gonna try to like make that more of my active habit too. Uh I would say we could share some shit related to this episode, but you know, by your logic, it's not an anime, but don't have a manga anyway, so uh, <laughs> I guess it doesn't count. Uh, but but uh, Avatar got comic books now, so do that make it? You know, that thing? makes it more way more American. Hey, question: They call right, uh, they call uh, I saw a French manga today, and it's a Manfra. What did is it just graphic novel in the U.S. Like we don't Gee, do no manga. I mean, nothing? I mean, look at look at and shout out to our homies at God Punch, but they got a manga. Them niggas American, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, how does that work out? Whole time, yeah. Let's talk about no, that right quick. No, no, I just, I just want to know the wording, bro. Because like, I call it, I call, I call God Punch a manga, but that's literally what like Pat has branded it Pat, as. I think Pat called it a manga comic, though. Manga he calls comic? it a manga comic because it reads like a comic too. Right, it reads from left to right. It does. Well, read that's because right. and it's in English. That makes sense though. And it right. was published here in America. Right. So technically, it's but, a comic. But he, it's but just manga inspired. He is a mangaka. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he refers to himself as a mangaka, which is yeah. completely fine. And that's what I was talking about earlier yeah. as, like, the nuance. And, like, this is a new age where, like, damn near anything can be manga or anime if it has that influence. You know what I'm yeah. saying? If it has that influence and if those stories, like, expand that's really come down the timeline. To the influence of manga. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to you. I feel like, like a statement too. I feel like we missed the opportunity to troll Pat on com- Comica or some shit like that. Comgaka. Uh, yeah, I don't like that at all. I don't like that at all. Oh, and he's not gonna like that. But I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, he's gonna turn that into the worst, worst sexual euphemism. Then again, you know what? And Pat, Pat, like will probably, Pat will probably yeah. own that shit, bro. <laughs> and that shit will be his username, Comgaka. Pat's gonna pop out Yama Comgaka. What's up? He's gonna switch that over to you so fast. Oh, he will. Oh, my fingers slip. You know, <laughs> it's Twitter after dark hours. Hey, them. Hey, O and you are very close on the keyboard. You never know. It's a late night. Even drinking. That's just high key. Who are we to say anything? Cell phone. But yeah, um, I, I like. Are, are we going by comic or graphic novel? Like, what are we calling it in the U.S.? Um, 
Shit, well, like, what's the what's the revelation? I was wondering that today, and I like googled that earlier, and I didn't really get any definitive answer. I did find a thread on Reddit where this guy like did ten paragraphs of that I didn't read about why it should be comic, <laughs> but um, yeah. I think they comics uh, though. If I'm being to be honest, because you see graphic novels also referred to as comics. I think yeah. specifically about Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which mm-hmm. Scott Pilgrim versus the World easily could have been adapted into like an anime influence like show. Also, just throwing that out there. But it's a graphic novel technically, but it reads like a manga. Itself. So right it's right left. No, it reads as far as like graph like graphically. It reads similarly to a manga with like that overarching story, the like okay. artistic, the art artwork and stuff like that. But it does read like left to right, like comic books. Hmm. So it's oh. like it's weird because it's a graphic novel, but artistically it reminds me a lot of like manga. I don't know if y'all ever read the Scott Pilgrim vs. the World graphic novels. Definitely highly recommend to everybody listening. Read them uh, shits. Them shits. I is watched cold. the movie. When it came out like yeah. years ago, yeah, I I watched, that's my favorite movie of all time. But the I watched novel is also four fire. times and I passed the test, so that means that I read the book. All right, fair facts. You're hilarious. <laughs> per, that per, was me, me with Frankenstein in high school. Yes, per, per CPS guidelines, if I pass the, <laughs> test, I read the book, and that's all that matter, bro. That is a fact. But um, graphic novel, G. I, I honestly think it's a graphic novel. I think comics are really, really like geared towards. Well, let me ask you this. With that French joint, is it, like, multiple chapters included in one, like, binding of a of a book? Like, you know what I'm saying? Because then I, that's I where know. it becomes a graphic novel. I only, saw where... a pages, I only saw a couple pages from it, but the artwork is very much similar to, like, God of High School. Okay. Yeah, so, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. It, it was called a Mon Fra. And, I, and then it, it kind of hit me, like, okay... You got the Mon, and then the Fraz is France, and I was like, "Would it be like, would it be Mon us?" You funny as hell, but we should definitely coin a term right here, right now. Mana, Mana. I like Manas, bro. Dead ass. <laughs> like, if we go, but like, I don't know. I like Manas though. We can roll with that. Manas sound like it's a power system too. So win win for all hey, of us. Yeah, dead ass. Y'all heard, it, y'all, y'all heard it here first, folks. Worst Generation Podcast has now coined the official term for U.S.-born mangaka, Manas. Manas. And uh, Kongaka. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, getting into the uh, Manas. Uh, what is y'all favorite anime-inspired like uh, show? Hey, I, I feel like as a collector, that shit is almost always going to be the Avatar Last Airbender. Yeah. That's a fact. That's like, a fact. That shit oh, but is I goaded. I, I wouldn't mind. say it's my favorite, though. Ooh. What's your favorite? I, I, I would go with either uh, Samurai Jack or Boondocks for my favorite. Okay. Mm, that's respectable. Respectable. Yeah. I, I, Absolutely. Because I didn't I watch wish. Avatar till. I was in college, and like those so the other shows, like they're more nostalgic for me. Boondocks fell off on that last season without Aaron McGruber, though. Hey, that season don't yeah. count. That season don't count. That Boondocks shit is canon. Nah, G, uh, no. we gonna that we gonna have to chop that up. We gonna have to talk, <laughs> chop that up to like when characters change on black sitcoms in the middle of the season. Yeah. And it's that, like Boruto. That, 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 
That's facts. We we basically um, got a new we basically got a new unviv and, and that and that shit just didn't it didn't work out for us. That so shit was like, fucking just, terrible. Not gonna speak on it, bro. That's facts. Uh, man, hey Warren, that's actually I got a take for you too. I'm not a fan of Samurai Jack. I thought that shit was extremely boring. And like that nigga didn't talk, and it was like real dry. And like I get that that was the aesthetic it was going for, like the the uh, post apocalyptic future type deal. But I was just like, as a kid, that shit did not draw me in at all. Especially when I was like trying to see shit blow up like a Dragon Ball. I could see that. Um, I, I just really enjoyed it. it, maybe because it was so like kind of dry and random. But I think also like what really makes me appreciate it more is that they brought it back full circle one or two years ago and like actually finished the show. Yeah. I think that actually helped it in my books a lot, like boosted stock. I have never actually seen the last season of Samurai Jack, the one that they brought back. Um but when I was a kid, I was heavily, 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 heavily into Samurai Jack. As a as a younger man, there was a I spent a lot of time by myself, like with my thoughts. And Samurai Jack Although it didn't draw in Leto, that very same aspect of it is what drew me in. Like kind of like the silent aspect of it, the noises, the music, me having my thoughts. I felt like I was a part of it. Like what's going on around me, what's happening. And similar to uh, what I take from Cowboy Bebop at times, uh, Samurai Jack is a show that I can close my eyes and enjoy that shit uh, at a high level. Uh, Just my take. Yeah. So my only question about Samurai Jack is, is that in fact the professor from Powerpuff Girls? Ooh. Uh getting into the deep shit now. It very well may be the same actor. Um, I'm not in because they're both on Cartoon Network, it may be the Cartoon Network extended universe. Um, I'm not sure if Cartoon Network is trying to create a universe in this sense. Um, I do have to assume that the professor brought a time to time machine, went back in time, got into it with Aku, and then was sent forward in time but missed his dimension with the Powerpuff Girls. Maybe in the future, even though I haven't seen the last season, he's still waiting on the girls to show up and help him banish the demons. Who knows? So I'm I'm looking it up right now and I think it is Buddy's the same voice actor from Professor, whatever his name is, and uh, Jack. Newtonium? He's the same face actor too. Cause they do look it's definitely alike. the same face. Actor. Damn, I'm looking at my buddy here <laughs> for real, though, bro. <laughs> same guy, same ass nigga. But yeah. uh, yeah, though, I think I think Leak was correct though. Uh, just to bring it back to the to the topic at hand, uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender probably unanimously is like one of the best anime adjacent shows to ever come out, and that's not even just like me being a stand and talking about it because that shit damn near perfect, like. That shit is amazing. But uh, I do want to bring attention to some um, other shows that might... Cartoon Network low-key was in their bag with like these anime-adjacent shows. Because they had Samurai Jack. Shout out to Adult Swim. They, yeah. they got the hit with Adult Swim and somebody in that in that corporate office was smart enough to go, you know what? Anime makes shit for younger kids, too. These are a little bit darker up there for what Western civilization is into. Let's get these niggas on the anime conveyor belt early, and we're gonna start spoon feeding them yeah. things that are special about anime, so that when they grow up, they can love this shit all the same. Here yeah, that's a fact. Oh, one order. I was wrong. It's a different nigga who voices a uh, professor Utonium. 
the other nigga, uh, Phil Lamar, he voiced another character for like an episode of Powerpuff Girls. So my bad on that. Phil Lamar the goat. Yeah. Voice? Oh, Powerpuff Girls. Uh, it was like on a one. Uh, after finding the game, it was like a one like episode. It wasn't Professor Young, mm-hmm. you know. But who? Oh, it doesn't I say. Have to, I have to go get the link again. Hold uh, up. No, you ain't gotta do all that. You ain't gotta do all that. Lead off. What was you saying? No, I was. I was just like in my bag about Cartoon Network and how raw they was with the anime adjacent shows. It's funny that you brought up the French, uh, the Monfra earlier because one of my favorite anime adjacent shows is Kolioko. I recently re it's back on cart- uh on Netflix right now. But bro, I, I watched that, that again. Bro, I had a hard time like watching two episodes. Bro, that shit was fire to me. Like I enjoyed every bit of that when I watched it when I was in college. And I'm probably gonna watch it again with my son because he needs to see greatness. But um it's it was written, produced, animated by a French studio. But it's very much so anime inspired. You know what I'm saying? Like artwork, uh, the narrative. Even though it was like episodic, it still had like the the narrative of like trying to help Ailita and then that alternate world, the digital world and shit like that. Shouts to Digimon. But that shit was fire, bro. Y'all should definitely check it out. Uh it's on Netflix. It was good um, when I was a kid, man, but like I tried watching this weekend. I just had a heart. I was like, bro, this animation is so old and dated. Like, I just, I couldn't get past it. Even when it got like to the better animation in the digital world, it was still hard to watch. That's I'm crazy just, that you that you feel that way and you have that take when you had me sit through Ruby. Whew. Chill out, chill out, chill out, Speak chill out, chill out. I didn't have you sit through that, bro. <laughs> that's that's out, crazy yo. that that's, that, that's where you finna take this conversation right now, when you had me sit through episodes of Ruby, bro. And honestly, to my, to my, I, I forgot about how, um, how far Ruby had come, so I only remember the greatness that it was in like the later seasons. But and I legit, still apologize every day, Cuzzo. And every legit, day. In, your, in your adult life, you gave me the One Piece statement and told me, "Oh, you just gotta watch the episode, blah 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 blah," and then this shit gonna kick off. Bro, I'm I'm still sorry about that, Cuzzo, because I really forgot about how season one was. <laughs> this nigga that is actually remorseful. That's funny as hell. <laughs> uh, no, when, but when... It, it's really like it's really. It's not good the first season of Ruby. Like this animation, it's just not good. Like it's not up to par. The studio has come a long, long way. He and being like, polite, like literally, it's no, it's, it's terrible. Black, it's blacked out people walking around, and then you notice some of these people have like really cool hairstyles, and you're like, oh, they'll be color. And like six or seven episodes, they just ain't got the budget to color these people in yet. And then lo and behold, somebody else will get a little bit of design, or they get colored in, and you like, I knew it. I knew you were going to become a character. Um, so this shit is definitely not good. I, I couldn't even make it through because he kept telling me, like, just watch this first season, which was like four episodes or some shit. I didn't even make it through the first season. And they were like 12-minute uh, episodes, too. They weren't like the full-length joints. Like, is yeah. it? Is it a movie uh, made by Rooster Teeth, which is an yes. American company, which yep. would make American it adjacent? Yeah. 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 Which is it would brings it back full circle is why it's harsh that Cuzzo has this cold uh Lyoko take when he had me out here watching Ruby. Did you say cold Lyoko? Because that's fire. You get it because it's a cold take and it's cold. <laughs> Never mind. Don't yeah. worry about it. I see. I see. Thank you. For, <laughs> Don't worry thank about you it. Thank you for producing me. Thank you for producing me. I scratch your back. You scratch my right the in a row. No, I'm just talking about right now. Like I went to go watch Cold Lyoko again. I just wow. It's like it was. I just couldn't get into it. Like that, and I was like, I was really mad because like I enjoyed it as a kid, 
And I'm I'm mad like the nostalgic like you know tensions on my heartstrings weren't pulling like that. Maybe I gotta watch some more of it and it'll come back, but yeah. I just didn't get it. I was gonna say like definitely definitely give it another go. I think that because we are spoiled with like amazing studios and like even even with like Avatar, which came out around the same time, like that animation has held up today, like years later. I think we just spoil with like really good animation and that really does help bring viewers into the show. But like if you you can get through Ruby, goddammit. But like if you pay attention to like the narrative around Kolioko and like even some of their like uh fight choreographies and stuff like that was cool as hell. So I say give it another shot. Um I guess I'm also siding with Leek in the sense that, yeah, Avatar The Last Airbender and even Korra. I, Korra get a lot of fucking hate on the timeline, but yeah, I do not... Eh, fuck that. <laughs> I think I half like of it was absolute garbage. Thank you, you. Think half of, you think half of Korra was absolute garbage? I think season two was garbage, and I think season four Terrible. was garbage. That yeah, may be true, season but... Season four wasn't garbage, but it was definitely which which, uh, which one is Zaheer? Which one is Zaheer in? Three? Zaheer three. is three. Three is absolute flames. And I one was flames. I thought. One, Have I you rewatched season flames. one? Yeah. Whew. I I had a different take after I rewatched it. But go ahead. I rewatched season one. I like season one. I liked how I season think, one see, developed. I think season I like... one is the second best season. It's yes. the most complete though, because like when they wrote it, it was meant to be like just that one season. They weren't thinking like, oh, let's. That, that's why it's not uh like Avatar, as Last Airbender is like a. Uh, the whole arc is the whole show. It's core. Each season is its own little arc. So, like, the I'm budget a, and Nickelodeon fucking shit up, honestly. Really, my only flaw from season one that really, like, really, really pestered me and got under my skin was the fact that Cora got her bending taken and then found air bending in Bruh, that same and, breath. Yeah, Buddy tried in the to hallway. convince us on Twitter that the shit made sense. That Hell That no. is the only part of season one that just like really irks me to my soul. Other than that, I fucked with season one. I thought the shit was fire. Uh, season three is absolute heat. There's no disputing that. Uh, yes. Two is two debatable. Is the worst. Two is the fucking worst. Two, yeah, two, two, two builds on, on a Lord the on most. A weird, on a weird heel. Who's it's, your vegetables? Yeah, because like two has a lot. It it opens up the it, it opens up the world some, and I feel like I feel like I see what they were trying to do with two. They just didn't execute that well. But it like it sits on this rocky seesaw with me because without two, I don't think that three is the flames that it is. Um, and then the Agreed. whole takes about like Corey getting her ass whooped. I don't be vapping with that shit either because that's just her personality, and that's what the premise of her whole show was about. Whereas Aang's show was like him being an airbender and constantly running from everything and having to learn how to like stand his ground and find himself and be able to be rooted. Um, Cora's thing is her learning how to like humble herself and approach things, not as like independent woman, like head first, but like learn how to come at things Mm. as a team and like as a group and find that. I think that a lot of people take uh exception to that is similar to how uh Noxy talked about the MHA community in the last episode where like any Twitter doesn't want to see Deku be vulnerable. I think a lot of people found exception to the fact that Cora was not an MC that was like straight up head on kind of uh just going in and doing work on her own and it took her being humbled and kind of like uh finding her team and allowing other people to help her. Uh spoiler alert, I, I do we call this power of friendship? Core no, we just call her. No. Uh, to be honest, Cora, Cora calls all of her own problems, though. 
in my opinion. She I, she did, but like it that that is that not real life? How many of your own problems do you cause? No, nah, everybody them. else caused my problems for me. Uh, see, <laughs> see, King, we might have to get into that on a toxic boys episode. <laughs> Uh, go what ahead. Like the way I look at it, I feel like Aang's character was more like Jackie Chan in Jackie Chan movies, where he finesses his way and runs up walls and do all this other stuff to evade and eventually beat you up. Where Korra had the freaking Rocky Balboa fucking mentality that I'm just gonna punch and take punches, and then I'm gonna lose these middle five rounds, and then I'm gonna come back at the end somehow and win. And I feel like the Jackie Chan way is more entertaining to watch in the sense that he's doing all these extra things. He's, he doesn't just outright just bolt and run away from these fights, but he evades the, almost the whole time we're dodging and jumping through buildings, jumping through windows. I'm a glide over here. And then I'm gonna get to a point where my back is against the wall and I'm a counterattack. Or even sometimes like if he's not directly trying to engage in the fight, he'll just evade you to get you away from people and then let everybody escape. But Cora, like, she is such a meathead that I'm the avatar. I'm that I'm that dude. I'm going to just walk through you. I'm going to run through these walls type shit. And then when she runs into people that aren't afraid of her or her fucking title, and she starts getting beat up, and she wonders what the fuck is going on, and we kind of just sitting like, why don't you ever learn your lesson from this? I mean, I think that's yeah. to be expected. She spent her whole life not running into those type of obstacles. She learns how to bend three elements from from a very very young age ridiculously young um and then the people that she's learning bending from are bending in the old way of things and Cora, you don't really see uh the same type of bending that you see in avatar last airbender the way that they bend is much more high paced it's fast it's quick hits it's more uh it's bouncing around it's moving around that's not the world that she was taught bending in so when she steps into this new city life in these closed quarters um it's not just like a cultural shift for herself and how she's like interacting with people and the problems that she's running into. It's for her bending as well. So for me, it's expected that she's going to lose fights. And I actually appreciate the fact that she loses fights because otherwise the story wouldn't have been able to explain to me how she was trained in like all these old ways. And then she can just come and succeed uh, in this, in this new world using all these old outdated techniques that don't apply to the new world. So I feel like her losing the fights is necessary and even in those moments, sometimes the teamwork was her learning lessons from people about the new world. So she couldn't get that. Uh, the season one ass pull was her learning the airbending. But uh, part of that, or what the story was trying to make part of that be, was the fact that she was in the bending league. Like learning how to be light on her feet and actually like dodge. And she couldn't just stand strong and push through every obstacle, which is what she learned to be in her life. She's been able to like, push and walk through everything and that shit just don't flow as an adult that shit hard like think about habits you tried to break so i i fuck with core i like core i don't be standing for all the slander i see the slander i do agree that season two could have been better i think that what they tried to do was grand i don't i don't think the execution was there um and season four was just it wasn't the best ending. Season four was some weird mix of Samurai Jack, Avatar The Last Airbender, and fucking uh I don't know. Just some bullshit. I don't know. I think they were just trying to close the series out at that point. So I like I see the flaws in it, but I also fucked with it. Cause I, I saw the flaws in Avatar The Last Airbender. Shit I didn't like. So yeah. 
I think yeah. I think Cora. The main reason people don't like Cora is because Cora as a character, like her side, like her team avatar was a lot of fun. Like I didn't necessarily dislike anyone on her team. I just hated her. Facts, because I wanted her to learn eventually, and she didn't do that. Yeah, it was Honestly. like that 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 way of saying like she had to like get beat up and then be humbled. Like she did that every single yeah, season. Yeah, like how many like, times she did not take learn punches her to the face to understand, like. Even yeah. Aang it like learned and his little boy. Up. Like that. That's why I love season three is because first of all, it's like here fucking going like that nigga killed the earth. Here got that everybody. Else, bro. Yeah, yeah, oh my god. But somebody, somebody, please, cool. somebody please explain to me how this man got airbending and was like a damn master in two days. Bruh. But he always. But he wasn't he always, studying the Shaw, culture. I know he had been studying the dog walked his ass. He was far from master. Well, he got dog walked by Tenzin, but just like. Everyone else, like you was going also him. something I posted on Twitter. I was like, "Bro, how the fuck does Zaheer get airbending for like two days and start walking master benders for their respective elements?" Granted, you know there's not a lot of airbenders that they had practice against. They That's weren't used to say, that. Yeah. But my nigga, he's fighting several people at once and just beating ass off just learning the bending. Granted. When he ran into that real, like I remember the tweet, I was like, when he he thought he was on that 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 hot shit, and he ran into a real airbender, and Tenzin <laughs> folded his ass, ass like clothes. <laughs> like, Tenzin, I think like, also though, if you remember, Zaheer was a master that- martial artist, so he had a lot of that already innate in him, because a lot of bending comes from martial arts, so he already has like you know control over his body, and so that. Really helped him, and he kind of made his own style of airbending, if you will. It was definitely, far he, studied, from he studied the ways of the air monks. He was very educated. He knew martial arts. He was a badass before, bro. But to have that type of technique and control over your airbending from the very start, and to be doing it at the level that he was doing it, I'm talking about taking on other bending masters and their other elements, multiples at once. And it's not until you run into another airbender, Tenzin a real master that he like, he really exposes you. But even with those other people that he was fighting, Zaheer should have had more trouble. Yeah, that's a fact. I don't know because he was in jail for a reason. Like as far as being like, he was able to, I, I feel like he was able to be like, um, what's that girl's name from season one who could like do the cheap blocking and stuff. Uh, Tylee. Tylee. He was, she could hold her own against benders. I'm assuming he could have done the same with, before his powers. So now you add his powers to that. So I just think it further but enhanced his level of mastery was. of his powers. His, I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about his threat. I'm talking about his le- level of mastery of the airbending. Oh. I would have been fine know. if Z- Zaheer would have came in and did like a couple air pushes, maybe knew some things. But And the most part was just throwing old-fashioned hands. That would have made sense. But he came in there like he had been studying airbending for at least five years and just like he went to Tenzin. And of course, he I wasn't on was Tenzin's like level. but Three weeks or something he, like that at two. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'm not even giving him three weeks. Them them boys came to the cage, and he was an absolute dog up in there. Exactly, so. like he just like he literally just got the shit. You didn't even get the practice like, on he, nobody, bro. Yeah, he whooped like four niggas off the jump, and then gave threw him the ass in his cell. So that didn't make sense to me. But shout out to Zaheer and shout out to Airbending, uh, my favorite bending. But shout out to Zaheer for for coming in there and making season three uh, golden. We appreciate you. Definitely, he. Had to bounce Shit. back from that shitty season too, but that's they they fact. definitely came back swinging. And that, if you are gonna bounce back, that's how you bounce back. We are going to take a quick break, and uh, I'm a 
we're going to get into some Give Panther the Ox segment. She got a couple tracks that she wants you guys to hear that are related to, uh, what are we calling this? Anime Cousins now. These, uh, these Manyas. I forgot that quick. I should have wrote Manas. Manas. These Manas. <laughs> Uh, she got a couple tracks related to the monas that uh, she wants you guys to hear. So uh, we're going to do a quick Give Panda the Ox segment, and then we'll be back to talk more about monas and Kamgakas. Uh, I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> when we come Kam- back, we're going to talk about When we come oh, back, we're going we gonna to talk about uh, if these uh, shows and series that we've been talking about to this point, if they've had any influence on animation as we view it. Uh, on the anime industry as we view it. And then we will uh, get into like some mainstream shit and we'll be at the end of the episode. We're also going to do some Supernova No Shout Out today because uh, y'all been having some cold takes similar to uh, Kuzo's Cold Lyoko take. Shout out to Lito for producing me. We'll be right back. y'all this is give panda the awesome i'm here to put you on some more tracks for anime inspired series so first what's up we got teen titans their soundtrack well their opening and their ending is by the band puffy amiyumi or we know them as haha puffy amiyumi so what's up y'all what y'all think about these uh series openings starting with teen titans uh, Teen Titans is one of my favorite openings from back in the day you talking about the uh the, the og teen titans the OG mm-hmm. teen titans, right the Japanese version or the American or the English version? Uh, I was not getting down to Jap. Well, I bobbed to the Japanese version, but the American version was definitely the one that was always playing in my household. Cause that's a fact. Yeah, yeah. I do bob to the Japanese version. It took me some years before I actually discovered it was a Japanese version, and mind blown. But yeah, yeah. It's the so it surprised me when they had the Japanese version, and that y'all. I don't know if y'all remember how I put me on Miyumi from Cartoon Network. Yeah, I do. No. So I'm not. I'm not. I'm not so, the, so the band that's that series is based on is actually sung the opening for Teen Times. They're an actual band in Japan. Um, do you remember? So it, the cartoon High Puffy Me and we got the girl with the pink hair and the girl with the purple hair in there in the band. It started off when we first met and set out our guitars. We played music. So pl- I don't. Y'all probably don't remember, but if y'all see it, y'all know what it is. But it's that like, should be ring no bells for me. <laughs> oh, I, I I remember it. Yeah, I'm sorry. But, but I love the opening, the ending. And a lot of songs in the series actually was by the band, too. Um, I don't know if y'all remember the episode with Mad Mod, when they first met Mad Mod, and they did that chase scene. Yeah, Mad Mod was a fire was a fire episode. It was different. Yeah, the song that they played, the uh, montage, when they were tracing after him trying to get him was a song by Puffy. I mean, I forgot the name of it, though. Because I remember I got their CD, and the Teen Titans thing was on it. Like... A lot of things, songs, a lot, a lot of songs from the show too, but I really enjoyed the opening. I appreciate how Puffy on Me, well, Puffy on Me, their actual name. So you know, shout out to them girls holding it down for Teen Titans and their own series on Cartoon Network. Like I used to love when they would like pop up and they would be, they would like argue because Yami's from Tokyo and Yumi is from Osaka and they would argue about which one is better. So it was, it was so amazing. I enjoyed it. That's crazy. I didn't know they had a whole show. I just knew them. Well, I didn't even know who like really made the song. That's not my bag to get into, but I do know that I love the song, and I didn't know that they made the song from Mad Ma because I feel like I could see them songs being from the same band, but I feel like they also different in nature. So I wouldn't have instantly thought that the same 
band made that shit. Yeah. So in my opinion. That's the same band. What's the other tracks you said? Uh the Boondocks. Um, if I remember correctly, the opening. I forgot who made it, but y'all know. Y'all everybody knows the Boondocks Shira. opening. I don't know if that shit go hard. Yeah, I remember. I am the stone that the building the refused. refused. Are you the visual the dance? Yeah. Like, lady, all the words. Same spot. Same spot that likes the dark. So you can know the left is right. right. I am the ball in the box, the bullet, and the gun. And the gun, and the glow. That was my shit. Boondocks is definitely a banger. And then Boondocks got that that swag to it, just that it's just black. I really appreciated the ending too because something about that flute and the drums just like, I don't know. I, I don't know if y'all remember that. Did the drums come in? You had the violins playing, bringing in the, bringing in the shit. It was just amazing, okay? But I really. dance kind of stupid. Like it makes you dance like a white girl at like at a, a club, like with her yeah, hands I, up I here. I definitely get up and do some weak ass dance when I hear that shit. You gotta hit that shit like folks from the uh, Dick Ryan Obama episode. You know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I instantly knew that shit. <laughs> but um, so another track is Samurai Jack. Everybody remembers the opening Samurai Jack. It's about Will I Am, which when I found that out a couple years ago, I was pleasantly surprised because. The opening of Samurai Jack is by Will I Am. Yes. Hold on. Gotta get back, back I'm to the past. Samurai Jack. The opening is by um Sam, by Will I Am. They don't. I think they credit it as his real name, but I could be wrong. Uh, yeah. Uh, and the Samurai Jack wiki it says performed by Will I Am. Yeah. So told y'all, y'all gonna learn to listen to me one day, one day, one day. But yes, it's by Will I Am from the Black Eyed Peas. Well, I want to go on record. I want to go on record saying I'm literally listening to you right now, which is why I'm on Google pulling up the history of it. But well, the fact you have to Google crazy. it means you doubt me. No, it does not. It just means I'm interested in the whole thing that you can't cover in one segment, and I'm finna read through all the Wikipedia's and just That's know crazy. the whole background. Anyway, no, I'm just playing. I'm just fucking with you. But yeah, but well, I am. He did the opening, of course, the ending. Um, but that's really the main. Uh, soundtrack from Samurai Jack that I recall the new season didn't have I don't think it had much of a soundtrack compared to I don't know because the opening was mostly Jack doing the monologue so but from what I can remember did anyone remember anything from the from like the last season you know they I like, don't remember any theme song besides them just saying kind of what happened in the story up till now yeah okay see that's what I thought I would thought I would I had to make sure but Moving on to Avatar: The Last Airbender, I didn't, I know, I don't know the specific songs, but we all know the themes and the different, uh, the different theme music for the different scenes and everything. For Avatar: The Last Airbender, as far as the names, I don't know, but check out, check out like the Lofi playlist for, uh, for that on uh, YouTube. Really good, really good. Uh, it's called this. Looks, just type in Avatar Lofi. And they'll play like different things from the series. Like it's a really good video that I listen to when I'm like typing my fan fiction or like studying or whatever or doing homework. So it's really, really, really good. Um, but most of theirs is just instrumental. They're, I mean, like, well, actually, no. You also have leaves from the vine falling so slow. 
Like that's something. I feel like I feel like they use the same instrument most throughout Avatar, right? Probably the either the banjo or yeah, it's the same shit that Homegirl was playing, changing accent Wano, right? Was it? Is it the shimisen? I have no idea what it's called. A shimisen is a Japanese, as a long handled Japanese guitar with a little uh, plug thing. It's like really big, not just like a regular guitar pick. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just in their lap, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's yeah. the same. It's yeah. I remember in the, and we reading the uh, the manga for One Piece how they change acts when she starts playing it, and it's also and uh, Black Maria was playing it in one of the last chapters too, right? Yeah, y'all remember Sarah from Samurai Champloo, the blind girl? She played the Shimisen. Also, homegrown Demon Slayer played that shit too. Gross. Yeah. So I like. I guess that's a theme throughout anime that instrument. So that's it for the gift can of the ox segment, y'all. Remember to follow the hashtag at the hashtag trending. And okay, make sure y'all vote in the gift pan of the ox for my fade. We're going to see which song reigns supreme from this playlist. But until next time, I'm out. I'll see y'all later. Love y'all. Man, it's <laughs> oh, that all right. Fun. So, all right. So, welcome back. Uh, so let's get into let's get into impact. So we've been talking about multiple series today, and overwhelmingly, we all agree that Avatar: The Last Airbender and just the series, both the original and core, have kind of been the most complete, the biggest impact and uh, largest show, most inspired by the anime industry. Has have have any of you seen the opposite effect, where you've seen anything from our industry or like elements from Western culture that inspire anime? Absolutely. Look at My Hero Academia. Yes, sir. Is Getting your bed. Yeah. High tech season. High tech season. I mean, I. To all the My Hero Academia fans, I'm gonna go ahead and just apologize right now for this take. But the man literally goes on break from chapters to do research and then come back with a character that has like a quirk similar to something in comic books already. So, I mean, that's cool. Like, you obviously get your influence from American comics. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say he's influenced by things like Avatar, Kolioko, or Teen Titans or something like that. But I guess Teen Titans, because that is an American comic. But, like, for example, the Redestro. That nigga went on break and then came back and Redestro was the Hulk. And I was like, all right, bro. Like, this man be, like, going to watch <laughs> be going to watch movies or, like, read comic books and then be inspired to, to give whichever character that's in that current arc a quirk that's similar to something that's an American comic. So that influence is certainly there. Um, I don't think that is necessarily a bad thing. Uh, because, I mean, for the most part, My Hero Academia is enjoyable. Um, and the quirks, they make sense inside of that series, but it's definitely influenced by American culture. Hell, All Might, fucking every attack is You're obscure. You're out in the Like, that man has obscure, like, Delaware smashed. Like, I can't imagine niggas in Japan be like, oh, I want to go to America to go to Delaware. Like, get the fuck out of here, Fuck bro. no. <laughs> Or Detroit, my nigga. Yeah, What's yeah. Up with right, bro. And I'm still mad that ain't no Chicago motherfucking Chicago hey, beat a nigga got, ass attack. G. It's like, not yet. It's not. It's the show ain't done yet, bro. I'm pissed I mean, this day. We ain't got like a. We ain't got we like a Chicago. Know all might don't use guns. 
Chill, leave. You, you heard me say beat a nigga ass, not shoot it. Right. <laughs> nigga, that's why he has a Texas smash. What the fuck? Bro, I no, we're not gonna get into how Chicago niggas <laughs> watch all Texas niggas, but that's a fucking lie. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Nigga, all of Texas? You might have some cities. Oh never nah. G. You might as well just sit this one nah. out, bro. Nah. <laughs> nah. But yeah, Negative. nah, it's definitely uh you definitely see American influence in US uh in U- well, you see US influence in Japanese art forms, uh the same way you see Japanese influence in American art forms. Maybe not as much, but it's there. And Horikoshi, if you're listening, make a Chicago smash attack. Back. Oh, I'm sitting. I'm sitting there talking, bro, and I got my uh, I got my interface off. Look, I'm trying uh, to feel the feel the white boy. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, one, one of you other niggas, one of you other niggas could have stepped in and helped the brother out. He over here just saying shit. I'm, I'm whole time uh, trying to think of shit. I'm like, what? Else some tales? Yeah, uh, he over there. Uh, Fuck Texas like... niggas. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I, I was time... I was gonna say uh, real quick the uh, the villain arc. I think that is reminiscent of what we get from Western comics, where we really get a lot of exposition into the villains. When you consider like people like Doom and Magneto and other people, like entire comic books and entire series are dedicated to villains in Western culture. The and... Injustice League. Yes, and it's not always the same. It's not always the same in manga as a whole. So I attribute most of the inspiration for the villain arc to Western culture. Uh, that may be a hot take. That may not. But that's just how I feel. And that's been one of my the, the biggest things that I appreciate about uh, my hero is that he does pull from Western culture. Um, even though those quirks are, the quirks are danger, dangerously reminiscent of uh, heroes that we may know and love. Sometimes I feel like I'm eating multi meal cereal. Like, you know, you go down a cereal aisle and you see like Fruit Loops right there, but then you go a little bit further and it's a bag. And instead of like <laughs> them Aldi cereals, you, <laughs> you know what I eat. And instead of Fruit yeah. Loops, it's like uh, fruit, fruit circles, rings, fruit circles, yeah. rings, yeah, like fruit that. rings, <laughs> yeah. flakes with frosting, assorted ring cereal. <laughs> Marshmallows and rice. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um I really I really do fuck with the inspiration that they pull. Um any other series that y'all can think about or just my hero? Um Well, I just thought of this the Kuroko no Basket movie. That team that they played against is essentially fucking the and one mixtape team. Yeah. I don't know. Like, they know somebody to go, oh hey, baby. They that shit balling. It was hooping. It was I was, I was mad. I was mad that the leader of the team was the white guy. That shit. Yeah, that was bogus. Yeah. I feel like they really smoked us, and the leader of that team definitely should have been a nigga. That's a fact. But that's neither here nor there, but it is here. Retweet. That is a fact. But uh, go ahead, Lee. Get in your bag. Uh, talk about how you like Kuroko No Basket, and it's your favorite. Uh, it's not my favorite, but that shit is tough as fuck. Um... But just the way that they, like, kind of adapt. I wouldn't say adapt because there's definitely basketball overseas. But they make several references to NBA basketball players and, like, trying to do things like that. Hell, fucking um, homie. I can't remember his name. Um, uh, Redhead Kagami. dude. Yeah, Kagami fucking. This nigga doing NBA jam dunks. Like, that's straight <laughs> from NBA jams. Jumping from the free throw line, throwing the ball through the rim on some Dwight Howard shit. Like, 
You not see him. Mina's whole character, bro. You there's like he's straight. He's straight out the hood. It seemed like yeah, like <laughs> like this nigga play like bonafide. Amina balls like he came from the hood. But then in the, in the movie when he plays them and one dudes, I kept thinking like, so I mean they really from the burbs, g. And he finally ran into some city kids that really be doing this. <laughs> and, and they Chill, son. Then, but then they got into the the super duper zone, the triple zone, or whatever you call that shit. And yeah, it was over for them niggas. Bro, this niggas is basically playing. It's fucking curl up in a basket. It's Street Volume Two. That's literally what. The fucking series is street volume two. Was doing game breakers like the zone that's essentially is yeah. The zone is a fucking game breaker. Like that's a you fact. got the fucking green haired nigga. If y'all remember the original street Drake, the white boy that can shoot but couldn't do shit else. You fucking got um homie with the purple hair with fucking Takashi from fucking street. Like this literally parallels all throughout that show to uh either American games or just like American sense of basketball like. If you think about how overseas play basketball, like especially in Europe and stuff like that, they're extremely fundamental. Yeah. But nothing yep. fundamental happening in Kirk on no basket. Like, except for like everybody else, like the background characters, like pump faking and shit like that. All these niggas is performing and one street street volume two basketball moves. Like, there's no way you get that from anywhere but Western culture. That's facts. Shit, US okay. culture specifically. Yeah. I gave you guys I gave you guys multiple opportunities. I thought that Lido would pull this up, but I'm surprised that nobody brought up JoJo's Bizarre Adventures as a manga that definitely pulls a lot of inspiration from other cultures and has a lot of uh United States inspiration in it as well. Yes, but that I don't think that's um, parts one and two, but that's like British though. Like a lot of that came from from Great Britain. Obviously, Joseph was in America. It was Smokey Brown, but uh, <laughs> racist. <laughs> what the other stand name? But that's that's like music influence. Like, yeah, a lot of the artists are like American. But like a lot of those artists are also British. Like those seventies hair bands. You know what I'm saying? Like the Led Zeppelins and shit like that. So, uh-huh. I, I you know. I wouldn't necessarily say say U.S. influence, but definitely taking um, taking the page out of out of like the music catalog to to name a lot of those stands and attacks and stuff like that. Because like, look at Killer Queen for example. That's British as fuck. Like Queen was straight out of straight out of England. You feel me? Killer, Killer Queen was British. Um, Stardust Crusaders. I feel like pulled a lot from '80s action films in the U.S. Um, just the whole vibe of them being all me heads, straight hands, like the way they I, went. To I gotta Starter. disagree. I gotta disagree. You, I think a lot of that better. came. A lot of that came from Fist of the North Star. So now, if Fist of the North Star was influenced by that, then sure. And I'm not okay. sure about that, but a lot of that came from like just that style of like '80s mangaka was writing these big buffy niggas you know what i'm saying so yeah, we, we missed our time because if i was ever gonna get like a live action for uh stardust crusaders i wanted to be niggas like sylvester stallone oh facts 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 like yeah them niggas old now and it wouldn't work but when they <laughs> was younger that would have been the time to do a part three can you uh, imagine sylvester uh, stallone posing in a gucci fit g Yes. <laughs> that's what makes it bizarre, bro. I'm here for that content. <laughs> that's a fact. Could you could you imagine uh uh Arnold coming in with some and I and I feel like I feel like the type of actors that they that they are, they would both like embrace that shit 
and also embrace the goofy of it. So being there both laughing at themselves, just like the the absurdity of it all. I can see Arnold Schwarzenegger coming in with a stupid ass smile on his face with this dumbass outfit on, just being like, check me out. So cuz and then all them niggas just turn around and just be laughing. Cuzzo, Lito. So who gonna be Paul Nariff? It's gotta be some French nigga. Some annoying <laughs> French nigga. Would it be would it be Jean-Claude Van Damme? Damn there, there you go. There you go. Hey, are we doing a live? Are we doing a live casting for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? I mean, we might as well finish out. We got to get Avdol in there. Mm, who would be Avdol? That's a good question. Leak. You said what? It would be Leak. Avdol would have no choice but to be Wesley Snipes. He from that era. Wesley. Um... He, like who? What other? What other black dude would be from that era that you feel like would honestly just pick any What's... black dude that was in Expendables? Y'all was gonna say who was dude that played Apollo Creed? He could do it. Oh, yeah, he could. He definitely, he definitely got the biceps for that shit. See, there we go. I forgot his name though. And uh, that nigga got killed just like Ponerif should have. So. <laughs> <laughs> Poe Abdown, man. I want it better for him. Um, last question of this particular topic is um, one: Should the cousins of anime be considered mainstream and like mainstream anime? Well, no. First, should they be considered anime? And if they are considered anime or not considered anime, should we push them to be more mainstream in the anime community? As like reference, number one, they definitely should get pushed to be more mainstream because, regardless if they're anime or not, they are still good stories to watch, and take notes from, um, and they're very much still a part of the culture. As far as like, should we push them to be anime? I think that's a more nuanced conversation. Um, and the blanket statement, though, yes, I think we should like yes push for them to be considered anime. Um, they're taking like, they're like both sides are taking parts the best parts from each other and making good stories. So I'll just blank a statement. Yes, we should include them as an anime in our conversations. Um, I mean, I might be wrong, but I feel like they damn near already are accepted as mainstream. Like, especially like the big ones, like your Avatar The Last Airbender and your Castlevanias. Like, they're discussed, like when they drop, well, I guess you could say Castlevania's avatar is kind of back then. But when Castlevania drops, all of the anime community watches it and talks about it. Um, they're widely viewed as very good, quote-unquote, cartoons, but still are rated amongst other anime um, series. So we don't necessarily call them anime. And I, I honestly don't think we should call them anime because they're technically not. But I don't mind them being in those anime conversations, if that makes sense. Because, I mean, if you think about Run My Fade, the only two non-anime series that have been are Avatar The Last Airbender and Castlevania. I mean, I feel like that speaks enough to it. And it wasn't like they were not, not interacted with. Like, people fuck with those matchups as well. Like, they made sense because of the way their powers and stuff were set up and the lore about them and the stories around them, like, I feel like they're regarded as mainstream damn near. I fuck with that. Um, and also those two were to help settle some 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 highly contested debates we were having. Uh, especially that Castlevania one. It still fucked up. We lost that Castlevania episode in the laptop era. Uh, oh, damn. Bro, stop it, man. 
this hurts my feelings. I felt bad because we actually made that episode uh, in, in response to someone that requested it, and then for it to be lost was like. And we snapped on it too. We did, like, that was actually a very good like uh, dialogue. You know what? It was the rare case where like it was not one cold take said. Like we barely had to slander each other on that pod. We was all kind of in sync. Yeah, that was a good ass episode. Um, the me personally, I, I, I agree with Leek in the sense that I do think that they're already mainstream. Um, I, I don't consider them anime, but I do call them anime when I talk to people. Uh, just for the simple fact that it's much easier for me because I never know who the fuck I'm talking to, and it's just easier to have conversations. I just call it anime. Most people reference it as anime because it is mainstream. Um, things like Castlevania and uh, Avatar Last Airbender. But if I'm talking about uh, uh, anime-inspired show that's more closely related to our culture here, such as like a Batman Beyond or a Samurai Jack, I don't call that anime because I think people more so associate that with cartoons. Uh, if that makes sense. So I kind of use my discretion in that sense. Um, I, but I, we don't have the job to make the mainstream. It's not uh, our duty. It's just kind of quietly taking that form. I'm not sure if Castlevania is seen as an anime because people don't know the true definition of anime at this point, And it's just become anime is this. Or if Castlevania is seen as an anime because fuck it, I know the true definition, but times is different, shit change, and this is just what I'm calling anime. Um, I haven't yet figured that out, but that's something that I've been thinking about, and I hope to come to a conclusion at some point. I just ain't reached you yet. Uh, any last comments on this topic before we step into this supernova no shadow? Because I'm sure Elite got some some good ones to hit. Um, um, real, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You no, my it. bag. No, go ahead, Leak. You saw you, brother. Just, my thought that just crossed my mind was I think now we toss around the word anime rather loosely. Now, not, in a, not even in a bad sense, but I feel like now if it's animated and it's more teenage to adult centered and could be constantly graphic, I think we just call it anime because it's animated and it has good animation for the most part. Like once you start, once I start looking back on like stuff that drops on Netflix or any other site, as long as it's not clear cut comic book, I like, I feel like a lot of it is being called anime. Yeah. But I wonder how much of that is like hype due to anime like uh becoming so popular and mainstream now and that they're people are people or uh advertisers are saying that to try and boost the viewership of it and ride the anime wave. I think that's a consequence of like of popularity and diversity though. As as it becomes more mainstream, it becomes more popular, uh the crowd is definitely gonna diversify and so those lines are gonna be blurred. I just think that comes with the game. Uh, <clears throat> luckily for us, it hasn't hit the point where we've seen like a uh, a complete like loss in quality of the experience and the agreed, the agreed. It. <clears throat> and I don't want to come to that point where we do. I feel like that's what really happened with Game of Thrones and that last season of Game of Thrones that we got uh, when it was for the initial audience. It it was very spot on and like things worked. And then all of a sudden it becomes popular. You got too many stakeholders that are invested in it, too many people that got to be pleased, and then you end up with a season that's kind of lost in itself. 
Um, so I'm happy that we haven't hit that point <clears throat> in anime, and I hope I knock on wood that we never ever hit that point in anime because I don't want to start seeing the content and the experience that I love uh, take a loss of quality because we can't keep our eyes focused on who we are. Like we lose sight of what the community is. And I guess y'all left me with the stale spot, so I'm gonna try to fill that in. Uh, once again, it's uh, Chicago niggas for the win. Here, Dang. coach, you gotta come up with that uh, Chicago smash, uh, whatever, <laughs> whatever you choose to name the attack, bro. Uh, just get it out. The- bang bang. That's all he's gonna call it. All right, Lee. Enough of you. <laughs> hey, get him out of here. Right. Mute this nigga, bro. Uh, no, nah, but like you know, let's get a let us oh, get a no. Nah, let's the get a slam. Let us get a Southside Slam. Why, why is he oh, South- <laughs> muted right now? Don't you got Southside Slam go hard, though, because I will say that. Southside Slam do go hard. I thought he said Southside. No, I thought he said the social shooter. That's what I said made me say that. Shooter. Yeah, that's what I'm talking the about. That bullshit. Yeah, get the fuck out of here, nigga. Get him the fuck up out of here. Right. Uh, uh, but damn, now we got to bring him back because we finna do Supernova No Shadow. God damn it. Damn uh, it. Love to see it. <laughs> Love to right, fucking see it. What you got? Right. For we got, we got, we got, uh, we got what? We got roughly like ten minutes, so you probably got time for two. Yeah, I can get you two. Um, all right. So this take comes from one of our more active followers that I fuck with, um, at underscore King Ether, and it's in response in response of one of my faves that I asked. I asked which was the better arc, tuning exams or pains assaults. And he quoted it and said, tuning exam was actually dry for 90% of it. Wow, bro. That's actually a bad take. I, and I like King Ether. That's the guy with the with the cartoon profile, right? Yep. Yeah, I like I like King Ether normally. Um, when his tweets come across my timeline, they normally, like, uh, they don't be bad. Uh, but this is a bad one. I... June exams is not my favorite tournament, as y'all know. But as far as like, but that's based on feel, like what I felt while watching the tournaments. But as far as like writing, and uh, and and direction, character development, the world building, like everything that came to us in the June exams and Naruto, that shit set Naruto to be on a path that was ridiculous. And once again, I'm gonna point back to Chakra as we talked about earlier in this episode. Chakra was like introduced a little bit before that, and these were the moments that really had Naruto on a much higher trajectory than what it ended up on, even though it's still one of, one of the best, like it's still up there has a, has a best talk, but uh, the tune exams and chakra initially in these moments was what set Naruto up to just be way bigger than what it became in my head. But tune exams is actually fire. It is not, it's not dry. You finna call you finna call the most retweeted arc dry? Like, don't are, it's almost Rock Lee retweet season, ain't it? It's winter time. That's when all the Rock Lee uh, dropping the weights just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I don't. Ninety percent. Ninety. The only part I felt like the tuning exam was dry was the written test. Honestly, uh, but even that was like that shit was fire. Did you ask him? I didn't really fuck with was it. wet. Nah, I don't think I even responded to it. I was just like, oh, I'm you not should, touch that one. But maybe we need to find uh, out what 10% was wet, but I would have left that shit <laughs> in my notifications too. <laughs> uh, I don't 
I don't know. Cause the first round of fucking tuning exams, um, was the first round was forced? No, it wasn't forced to death. Was it forced no, to death? First, first round, round was, was the written first test. First round was the written test. Oh, oh yeah, okay, yeah. Forced so, to death, the second round. Forced, forced death was flames. Um, then the uh the preliminary round in between where you had the uh Rockley versus Gara that like a lot I feel like half of those fights were good. And then the finals, like and then the destruction of the Hidden Leaf Village, like that's all tuning exams. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying I mean, to figure I, out. I like the uh, I like Tamari's fights. Tamari uh, washed shit out of ten ten. Yeah, like uh, Shikamaru. Shikamaru had a good fight. His fights was good. Like they was they was thrilling. It was entertaining. Like suspenseful. Like his fights weren't like high octane, but they definitely had me like I was sitting there on the edge of my seat. Like, okay, is you gonna pull this shit out? Like, how you gonna do this, bro? Um, the whole you got the iconic scene of all the uh, the exam ninjas coming in to stop uh, what's his name? Neji. When he's finna deal, the, yeah, Neji. When he's finna deal the finishing blow, like it's iconic ass moments in the in the tune exams, right? Like I don't know where the dryness came from, or if he was just trolling you. Maybe he's just trolling you that day. And then if so, what puts pain above that? Because for me, a lot of pain was dry. Or what? What do we? I think pain was everything with like the Jiraiya. Yeah, Jiraiya through Naruto fighting and ultimately beating pain. Yeah, pain bringing everybody back. That would be like the end of that arc. Some of that shit with the pain arc was a little dry to me, just in the sense that it kind of dragged on how they developed the story and like introduced us. But it definitely kicked into gear about like midway through that arc. And so. I can't call it dry, but I did have moments where I felt like we were dragging a little bit on parts of that story. Yeah, I don't see how he puts uh, pain above the tuning exams either. I'm disagreeing with all your points. Honestly, I got nothing, more, nothing else new to add to the conversation. <clears throat> That's why I usually let Leak go last. He be adding shit to the conversation somehow. <laughs> uh, y'all ready for the next one, though? Yeah, uh, yeah hit us. Uh, all in all, that was a bad take. Um, and then the most recent trash, terrible take that was on the timeline, as we've all seen. Um, so the tweet said, name the anime, and it was a picture of Bane, villain who trained like hell for 500 years, and then a picture of a guy in a pink suit, power of friendship. And King Vader said it was Dragon Ball Super. No. I, I just disagree. I don't under I don't understand where he got that. That's from. the one where he said Dragon Ball Super had the power of friendship. Then right? yeah, like, he then he went on to say that um didn't the power of friendship turn Goku into a Super Saiyan? Stop the cap. No, it did not. But also, I didn't read that whole thread because I was like, I'm just wasting my time. I'm on, I already disagree with him, so I don't I don't know what else he said. But I don't. Dragon Ball doesn't I have was, power I, of friendship in it. Ahead, of... uh, no, Dragon Ball does have power of friendship, but it's not it's not where Vader is saying it is. Uh, I, ta- I was talking to Tell about that. Um, a better example of power of friendship in Dragon Ball would be like those group command mail waves or like the spirit bomb. Um, and I do see what Vader was trying to say, and I do see with the with the retweeters, the the coalition of, of Vader Knights was getting that when they were <laughs> Uh, but no, it's a reach. It's not. It's not there. Uh, yes, it was his friend, and ultimately the death of his friends. But that's it right there. The power of death. 
That's yeah. it. It's death. And it's that not just like these transformations more often than not. It was Goku's helplessness. It was his the, inability the response. to stop Freezer and him having to power up to a new level. It was his absolute, and that's what drives Goku. Goku's driver is that he wants to have great matches. He wants to have the best fights. And in this moment, he is absolutely powerless and helpless to step up to the plate and do anything. And it's that desperation, is that uh, helplessness, as I said before, that drives him to start to push us to be enraged and push yourself to the next level. So I, I see what they're getting at that the friends is like kind of like the starter, but it's not the it's not like the the push. It's not the breaking point. So I kind of see where they're coming from, but nah, it's, it's wrong. Well, I, I wouldn't even call you Kyle alluded to spirit bond being the power of friendship. It's literally the power of friendship, though. It's literally the power. Of or the power it's, it's a strategy though like it's a it's a, to me it's a strategy where it's like when i think of power of friendship it's like it just happens just because almost we're like spirit bomb is is a strategy they have yes their last ditch strategy but like it's a strategy it's not like we're gonna do this just because it's like we know this is our last ditch effort let's try and make this work i don't know man i feel like if you're gonna call him powering up after somebody dies power of friendship you might as well say Vegeta striving to be stronger than Goku, the fucking power of friendship. Like, that's how much sense that makes to me. Because my friends push me. Like, yeah, I want to be stronger than my friends, so I'm going to keep training. I have to surpass Kakarot. What's their Even I saw, like, uh, I, saw, I saw Mike trolling with the, uh, with the gong transforming into a dog gun, and he was saying, like, is this power of friendship as well? And that I feel like that was an excellent troll because that too, like, is yeah. it is it Power of friendship because Gon is upset that he was lied to and like played for a fool, um, and that Kite was not able to be restored. That drove him to be a dog Gon. Are we calling that power of friendship as well? So, I uh, like it's a that was a really loose kind of interpretation of what power of friendship is. Um, because there there's no teamwork involved in that shit. That's literally one man going next level and beating shit out of another man. That is a good old-fashioned fisticuffs, sir. But yeah, man, um, I think that's it for the episode, Then Thank you for the Supernova No Chattos. Uh, I'll drop these clips so y'all have them, and we can talk shit about people to their face online and tell them why they takes was wrong. Uh, but also, Leek, bring in some, in some good takes, too. Bro, I wanted to save some of the better ones for when we have everybody. Because ah, you know ah. I got that attack on Titan bleach shit on here. Hey, bro. Can I just... Never mind. We'll wait. I guess I guess y'all have to hear about this tweet in the next episode of, uh, you know, Worst Generation Podcast Z. Um, we finna get the fuck up out of here. Thank y'all for tuning in. On today's episode, we talked about the cousins of anime. These are... Uh, cousins now. These are uh, anime-inspired works of fiction in, uh, in the U.S. and abound in the world. I don't know if we touched on things outside the U.S., so, yeah, I'm trying to run through my memory. I don't really think we did, but uh, from this point forward, we should be calling them Manas and uh, Kamagakas. Uh, I want to thank everybody for pulling up, checking out the episode, tuning in with us. Um, continue to fuck with us, support us. Let us know if you guys got topics or anything that you want to hear in specific. Um, let us know if you got guests that you want us to have on the show. We're looking for all that. Hey, um, Horikoshi, bro. You know, Chicago. Come on, G. Get us an attack. <laughs> Get us an attack, Let's bro. Go. Get us an No, we don't, we don't like we don't, that. Yeah, we don't I thought you muted yourself, bro. Not at all. 
I will not be silenced. Thank y'all for all this shit in, cousin. And until next time, we out. Super. Self-shooter. Yeah. <laughs>